Good afternoon. Welcome to Tom's World Language Cafe, coming to you live from Havana, Cuba. It is Tuesday, June 25th, 2019. We are live from Havana, Cuba, in the Barrio de la Vibra at Estudio Sampere Language School for Spanish. And uh, we'd like to welcome all the listeners to Tom's World Language Cafe, which is now an Apple podcast. And you can subscribe, and whenever we have a new program, it comes right to your email. Uh, So it's worth uh, subscribing. It's free. And um, um, we hope everybody's having a a good week. I know it's been raining a lot around the United States, and it has been warm here in Havana. And uh, how hot is it? It's really, 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 really hot. So I don't know how to describe it. I think we probably went past the 102 with probably 95% humidity, but it has been unusually hot in Havana at this time of year. Now, we have two nearly neat guests for you, and they're going to talk, tell you a little bit about themselves. They're both uh, uh, professores, teachers of uh, high, high uh, rank and um, probably two of the best teachers in Havana, Cuba. So uh, we're going to start, and uh, I would like uh, Maritza to introduce herself a little bit and talk about what you do and where you teach at, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, the show is in English because we have, uh, we always do different languages and try to do things in English because we do know people listen, and, and even uh, adults who may have taken Spanish years ago listen, or French or German, uh, so we try to keep this uh, show in English. So we'll do a little bit of Espanol maybe later on and uh, so you can hear it a little bit and hear how beautiful uh, Julian and, and Maritza speak Spanish. Okay. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Maritza. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Eh, gracias, Tom. Eh, bueno, sí, yo soy Maritza Gutiérrez, aquí en La Habana. Eh, trabajo como profe de español pero también profe de Esperanto y tenemos un programa de radio también en este idioma, Esperanto, en oh. Radio Cuba. Okay. So Maritza is a teacher. This is Julian talking. Okay. I want to introduce Julian. So Julian, Julian Hernandez. And uh, I have to also tell you that we did a book together. We did a, a, a book called uh, Micro Cuentos Cubanos, which is available at uh, a, a Teacher's Discovery if anybody might be interested in that, but it's a wonderful book about Cuban culture. Uh, and Julian is going to t- tell you what Maritza said. I hope he hasn't forgotten. <laughs> okay, so Maritza is a teacher of Spanish, okay, as a foreign language. Okay, she has been teaching Spanish for many years here at San Pedro School. And besides, she's also a teacher of Esperanto. Okay, she's a, a founder of the Cuban Esperanto Association Okay, here in Cuba. So, Julian, I'm going to uh, ask you first, w- w- tell us where you teach at. Okay, I teach at the university. I teach English at the university. I have been teaching English for many years, okay, now. And I also teach, okay, Esperanto and Spanish as a foreign language. And Julian teaches at the University of Havana. Uh, and he teaches English, as he said. And... Uh, he also teaches Spanish, Spanish in the Studio Santere yes, for, yes. for students and teachers. Um, and um, while I'm t- we're talking about, let's talk about Esperanto right away and talk about the, how important it is. I know it's a big thing in you guys' lives that you do a lot of work for Esperanto promoting it. Now, can you tell the listeners why, why there is an Esperanto uh, and what is it? Because in this day and age, I don't think a lot of people know much about it. In, in my day, we did, and I, I used to follow it a lot, and I was very interested, and still am, but I was very interested in it. But uh, can you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about it? what is Esperanto? Mm-hmm. So, eh, Esperanto es, eh, es una lengua, y es una lengua que es, se promueve eh, con un carácter internacional para facilitar la comprensión entre las personas. Okay, Esperanto is an international language. It is a language and its main objective is to promote, okay, a, a communication among people, communication among people, okay? How many people probably study Esperanto around the world? Probably a big number, right? Bueno, es muy difícil 
decir ¿no? una cifra eh, en realidad porque las personas lo estudian, eh, muchos lo hacen de manera autodidacta y hoy con las tecnologías, sobre todo eh, por ejemplo el, el proyecto de Duolingo que es para aprender lenguas extranjeras y bueno, Esperanto también es posible así que es muy difícil decir cuántas personas Ok, she says that it is very difficult okay, to give a number of people okay, learning Esperanto because some people learn Esperanto by themselves so they don't go to any school and at the moment, you know, as a result of the new technology okay, there are many people who learn Esperanto through there's the program that is Duolingo that is the program uh, devoted uh, or the program for learning foreign languages so it is difficult indeed to give a number of Esperanto speakers or people uh, who studies Esperanto. Mm -hmm. Now, I think I'm right on this. I'm not sure, so I'm going to ask you guys. Is So, let's say I'm living in Germany, and my friend is in... I have a friend in France, I have a friend in Spain, I have a friend, friend in Italy, I have a friend living in Russia, I have a friend in Cuba, I have have a friend living in Bolivia, Colombia, whatever. Now, so all of those countries have different languages. So I'm assuming, is this correct or not, that if I were studying Esperanto, we could all communicate, even though we're all from different countries, that one language would get us through the day, correct? Is that right? Mm -hmm. Bueno, eh, sí, la comunidad Esperanto Hablante eh, está, vamos a decir, distribuida en más de 100 países y entonces eh, es posible, existe toda una, una gran red, vamos uh -huh. a decir, una asociación universal con uh -huh. sede en Holanda, las asociaciones nacionales y bueno, las personas pueden fácilmente comunicarse si vas a viajar a otro país a participar en un evento, en un congreso eh, todo esto te facilita la comunicación. Personas que hablan una sola lengua en un carácter, vamos a decir, de igualdad. Right. Okay, so the Esperanto-speaking community, okay, I think is very vast, okay, because there are more than 100 countries who, where there are Esperanto speakers uh, as such. So in different continents, in different continents, so there is people can communicate on equal basis, those Esperanto speakers may com can communicate on equal basis and there are national associations and there is also an international association yeah. which gather okay, Esperanto speakers around the world. Now, so, but if I were talking, to, I'm in a conference, right, for Esperanto. So I talked to somebody from Italy to England, mm -hmm. uh, Russia, also Germany, or France or Spain. If I said, uh, when does a meeting start? Or what are we going to eat for supper tonight? Would I say it the same way? It would be the same thing for everybody, right? Is that right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I would say, it would be the same what for time everybody. Are, what, yeah, if I said, how would I say what time are we eating in Esperanto? How mm -hmm. would you say that? Uh -huh. Okay, mm -hmm. so that would work for every country, right? Uh -huh. And if I said, yes. sí. I'm really tired, I need to rest, how would you say that? <laughs> so everybody would say the same thing. So you can communicate across mm -hmm. languages, right? Which is what always intrigued me about it. That's something which is important because there is a standard yes. and a norm. Um, Esperantists try to keep that norm mm -hmm. because to avoid, okay, that is sort of a dialectism mm -hmm. of a language. Mm -hmm. Okay, that is because many linguists, okay, some linguists, not many, but some linguists, mm -hmm. okay, they say that if Esperanto really becomes a universal language, there would occur sort of a, a dialect, is, how do we say that in English? They there would be, there will grow, okay, different dialects of a language. So Esperanto speakers, and the Esperanto community tries, okay, to avoid this. Mm -hmm. That is to keep the norm of the language, mm -hmm. hmm? to avoid all this. 
-hmm. Otherwise, the objective wouldn't or right. won't be accomplished. Right, 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 right. Es que hay un fundamento establecido por su creador, el doctor Samejo. Hay un fundamento que es intocable y también hay una academia de la lengua que cuida el desenvolvimiento de la lengua. So there is a fundament, okay, which uh, keeps the language which tells you the way the language should be and people try to respect this and there is also um, an Esperanto Academy, okay, of the Academy which also okay pays very close attention to this for Esperanto speakers to keep the norm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. by the way, let me tell you that Marisa has recently become a member of this uh, academy, of this international academy. She has right. just, yes, yeah. because she has worked for many years yeah. as the head of the Esperanto department I in Radio. Yeah, I know she does a lot of work for us. I see it online, all the work. You know, it's a lot of things. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, and uh, that's wonderful. I, it's just fascinating. So how would you say it's very hot today in Havana? It's a strevarme, jodio, in Havana. So that, and everybody would understand that, right? Yes. Any yes. country, right? Yes. So it is kind of neat, right? I mean, you can meet with all these world people, and you don't know all the languages, but it doesn't matter, right? And so is there is there a there's there a grammar? Esperanto has grammar, has vocab, vocabulary, and it has a structure. So how many years? La fonética es muy también es una fonética para cada hay un sonido muy específico. There's sounds and phonetics. So how long have you been studying Esperanto? Bueno. Yo estudié Esperanto hace 40 años, ¿no? 40 años, that's wonderful. And have you been studying it long too? We started, we started together. We started together. We started together. As she was telling you, that is the grammar of the language is very regular, very regular, and the lexicon, that is vocabulary, is also okay, something which is very beautiful. Yeah. Because there is a that is affixation is very important in vocabulary. That is word formation and affixation. That is prefixes and suffixes mm -hmm. to make new words, indeed. Okay, good. That's awesome. Uh, let's talk about a little bit about your families. Uh, now, how many are in your family, Maritza? How many? Bueno, mi familia, vamos a decir más pequeña, es mi esposo Alejandro y mi hija Arianna. Tengo también unas hermanas que, bueno, no regularmente nos encontramos. So Marixa, that is her family, is mainly the okay, the main members of the family of the small family is her husband and her daughter. She also has some other daughters mm -hmm. or she uh, not daughters, she has sisters, sisters. some other sisters. sisters. Okay, but that's Marixa's family. Mm -hmm. Now, so. Are they interested in Esperanto too? Sí, ellos son parte de la familia, ¿no? Mi esposo estudió hace muchos años, no lo habla, pero bueno, entiende un poco. Y mi hija sí nació, yo desde que nació yo la siempre le he hablado en Esperanto y bueno, lo ha estudiado también. So her husband studied Esperanto, okay, some years ago, and he understands Esperanto very well, although he doesn't speak Esperanto, but he supports, okay, Esperanto very much. Okay, he has supported Esperanto very much in Cuba, and her daughter is a native Esperanto speaker, because when she was born, mm -hmm. so uh, her daughter when she was born, Marixa taught, okay, mm -hmm. spoke to her in Esperanto, okay. and then her uh, father, okay, spoke to her in Spanish and Marixa in Esperanto. Mm -hmm. That's why she's a native Esperanto speaker. Right. Now, what about uh, Julian? What about your family? Okay, my family is not well. I mainly have, uh, I would say, uh, nephews and nephews and, and nieces. I mainly have because my I have an, uh, I, I see my my wife, my wife, um, and me. I have a, a cousin which is very close to me, and that's my family. Mm -hmm. and there's not so much, okay, not so many um, members. Now, do they speak Esperanto, anybody in the family? Well, Magali, my wife, understands Esperanto because she studied Esperanto many years ago, mm -hmm. but she's not, she's not so active in right. the language. Right. Um, okay, now, 
Um, let's talk a little bit about Cuba. Why, why would you, why do you think people should visit Cuba? And especially when it's hot. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it is hot. But Cuba has a lot to offer, right? Really beautiful places. And can you tell the listeners about that? Puede decir algo sobre Cuba, los sitios bellísimos del país y también de La Habana, las actividades, okay? Sí, bueno, eh, Cuba es, como saben, es una más que una isla, ¿no? Es un conjunto de islas y, y bueno, incluso en este momento su capital, La Habana, está celebrando, va a celebrar su medio milenio y, y bueno, hay muchísimos lugares, ¿no? Para visitar, ¿no? Cuba is not only an island, it is a group of islands, it is a group of islands, and um, its capital Havana, okay, is turning 500 years old this year. So there are many people, many places, there are many places to go in Cuba and in Havana. Now, so is Cuba the largest island in the Caribbean? It is, isn't it? Sí, it's the biggest population, right? There's inhabitants, 12, 12, 12 million people, right? Approximately, approximately, yes, we say one, 11 million people yeah, and yeah. a half. Because like Puerto Rico only has like 2,500 or 250, no, no, 1 million, I'm sorry, 1 million. Cuba es conocida como la mayor de las Antillas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cuba is known, okay, mm -hmm. as the biggest, okay, in the Antilles of the Antilles, mm -hmm. the biggest islands in the Antilles. Now, for the listeners, right? And I always tell people about Cuba and, and say how nice it is, how beautiful it is, how easy the people are to get along with, how nice the people are here. And I also talk about uh, how safe it is, safe. Mm -hmm. You know, the city getting around, how, you know, it's, it's astounding how safe it is. So uh, do you think these, I always think there's like stereotypes for Cuba in, in the United States about you know about what it really is like it's not correct you know in other words mm -hmm. people i think get nervous when they're coming to cuba and uh you know the government's different you know but the people are just like we are i mean they're wonderful people they're nice people and uh they go about their business everybody like we do and you know, everybody you know so am i right about that or not yes you're right there are yeah. some stereotypes concerning Okay, Cuba, and some Americans think that, well, here in Cuba, they, they will find that if some people, people are starving in a way, in starving, and that some people may think that we are like Indian people mm -hmm. or something like that. And it's quite, quite different, okay, mm -hmm. the situation. And Cuba, I think it is a, it's a beautiful country. Mm -hmm. So from nature in Cuba is beautiful, mm -hmm. and the Cuban people is also Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Cuban people very are very beautiful people. Yes. People are very talkative, okay. Very social, yeah. social, um, very helpful yeah. and solidarious too. And I always tell people, I, I have never seen people as friendly as you guys. Same. You know, I mean, you're friendly. really friendly people. And I know Julian saw the same thing at the U.S. when he came and spent time with us in Indianapolis, Indiana. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure he. Right, that you were surprised too how nice everybody was. Uh, nice there. was, yes, yes. Very nice people. I met very beautiful yes. people there. Yeah, and okay. the same thing here. Teachers, students, yeah. okay, also. Yeah, and. Yo, yo creo que, que pueden eh, venir con confianza a Cuba y, y, por ejemplo, encontrar en muchos proyectos comunitarios con artistas, por ejemplo. Mm -hmm. Hay también la, las universidades, pueden hacerse muchos eh, mm -hmm. contactos con escuelas, con universidades, para conocer a gente real, cubano sí. real, no es que está en la calle, ¿no? que, mm -hmm. que ve un turista que, de otro país que viene a Cuba. Creo que eso sería muy importante sí. que pudieran verlo. I think Americans, okay, uh, should come to Cuba more often. And then there, there are many projects, okay, 
there are many things they can do here in Cuba. They can make plans in different, okay, different spheres of life. So they can really uh, also uh, get into, get in touch with a university and university students and to meet, okay, the real Cuban people. Because sometimes, you know, tourists come and they get in touch, they communicate with people which are not so uh, close to the reality of our yes, country. Yes. But that is a possibility. So yeah. uh, there are many things people yeah. can do in Cuba. Yes, mm -hmm. I totally agree. Uh, yesterday, we, on our program here, we, we have a teacher program for teachers in the United States called La Ventura Cultural. And we've done four programs now in Havana, Cuba and which we've had a wonderful success with. And uh, we've been very fortunate, and we've had great teachers. Julian teaches for the program, Maritza does, and other people and uh, the directors in our school, the students sound very wonderful people. And uh, yesterday we went to uh, a, nurse, a nursing home in Havana, Cuba, and it's, it is directed by the Carmelite nuns, the Carmelites. And, uh, very impressive, all the work that the nuns are doing there, and uh, and uh, the support they get from the community is quite impressive. Uh, from what the uh, the, the sister the, uh, director told me, and uh, I also we we also talked about we visited a high school yesterday, and we got to talk to the teachers, and there must have been what ten teachers, ten or twelve uh, Cuban teachers. We sat in a in a circle uh, and discussed with our group of American teachers, what education was like in, in Havana, Cuba. And we learned a lot. And uh, the big thing we learned is, and I, I didn't learn because I had been there before in the school, but the, the, our teachers from the United States learned, was uh, how similar teachers are. In Cuba, the United States, everybody's trying to help the students and, and the parents and everything, and it's it's very, it's very universal. It made made me really uh, look at education in a different light. You know that uh, sometimes we get in our classrooms and we teach and we think that this is the only way. We're the only one doing this. You know, and uh, uh, everybody around the world is teaching, and we have great teachers every place, and we have a lot of great teachers in Cuba, and uh, we've been very impressed by the students, uh, the students in Cuba who demonstrate incredible, um, um, if I can think of the word in English, uh, values, uh, that they demonstrate uh, high values and they their behavior is, is good and their values are nice. And uh, and I think that's something is that that's taught in school, right? The mm -hmm. values and how to be kind to people and nice. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's another nice thing about Cuba that most people don't know. And uh, the other thing is, in Cuba, the, the, the education is free, as is health care. And uh, I know we talk in the United States about someday we may have uh, socialized medicine uh, or whatever, or, or ed free education. But Cuba is, is not alone in the world. There are other places where there's also uh, around the world where they have free education, free education. And, and, and also free medical care. So uh, there's a lot of neat things going on, and I I wished, and I don't know how we can do it yet, but I hope we can keep doing it, and I hope we can increase the number of exchanges and exchange programs, and uh, between Cuba and the United States, because I think we we could both learn a lot from each other, and I think we could learn a lot from Cuba about their education system, how they deal with value teaching, and. Uh, also, medicine, uh, some of the discoveries they've made, they have a, a vaccine now that they've been trying out for lung cancer. Uh, so there's a lot of neat things going on here, and it's a shame that we don't have more exchange programs, and hopefully it's gonna get nothing but better in the future that uh, we'll, we'll get better with that. Um, now, so um, what about this um, uh, in Cuba? The new president. Now we have a new president, right? And and his name is Diaz. What is it? Diaz? Miguel Diaz Canel. Miguel Diaz Can Canel Bermudez. Mm -hmm. Can Can Canel or Can Canel Canel Can Canel Bermudez. Mm -hmm. Okay. Miguel Diaz Canel Bermudez. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Now, how is he doing? Is he doing good? I guess he's probably doing okay. Sí, yo pienso que él, vamos a decir, él tiene una guía, una continuidad. En Cuba existe un programa que fue establecido hace unos años en un congreso que se, se llaman lineamientos uh -huh. de la política económica y social y bueno, él también como parte de la joven generación que, ha, que se ha ido formando uh -huh. en los últimos años pues él está dando continuidad a todo ese programa que, que incluye bueno, el desarrollo de las diferentes áreas de la economía el aspecto social y él está haciendo un trabajo que uh -huh. realmente ¿no? Era, es, y es muy importante muy cerca okay. de de la base, con los ministros y, uh -huh. y ahora estamos en un proceso en que hay una nueva constitución, van a haber algunos uh -huh. cambios ¿no? en, en lo que queda de año pero okay. sí, los cubanos sentimos que él está trabajando bien, okay. está trabajando duro también So, there is a key word in all this concerning the new president that is continuity continuity because he has been prepared for that he has been prepared, he did not appear all of a sudden uh -huh. because in Cuba we have some that is the national guidelines guidelines and that's mm -hmm. part of those programs that is from the economic point of view from the social point of view from the cultural point of view and he is a, mm, accomplishing okay all these that is putting into practice all the things concerning the guidelines of the country and he's following a policy in which he has he and the different ministers okay come closer to the people so they visit provinces they analyze okay very that is they see with their own eyes the the way people are working mm, and they visit and they revisit again the different provinces to see how the development okay is being carried on so that is the idea so as Marixa mm, emphasized that is continuity is something which is very important for us. Mm -hmm. Okay, the new president did not appear spontaneously. So the new president, before becoming a president, he was the vice president. Mm -hmm. And before that, he also, he guided some organizations, that is the Communist Party of the country. So he has been involved and he has been trained. And he proved to be one of the best. And he's doing well. So right. people think he's doing well good. up to good. now. Good. Very good. Um, what about food in Cuba? Cuban food is really good, isn't Cuba? it? Food, la comida. Ah, food. food in Cuba. ¿Cuál, cuál es la mejor comida, los platos, los mejores platos de Cuba? Bueno, hay, hay, hay varios what platos. What are the best ¿no? dishes in sí, Cuba? Sí, sí. Eh, es un poco difícil, ¿no? Hay varios, pero... They are different, they are different dishes. Sí, sí. So it's a bit difficult to, sí. to determine the best. Sí, pero bueno, la, la, vamos a decir, la base del menú cubano está en, en el arroz, los frijoles, o la mezcla, la combinación, el con gris, llamado con gris, viandas, okay. eh, carnes. So the basis of the Cuban food is uh, rice, rice, which is combined with, you know, with uh, beans, that is black beans, uh, red beans, mm -hmm. we call that, that is the combination, we call that moros, mm -hmm. moro con gris, so that is, mm -hmm. so Cuban people like eating rice very much, that's mm -hmm. part of, a, of our mm -hmm. eating culture. Okay, what else, what about ropa vieja? Uh -huh. That means old clothes, which has nothing to do, right? No, no. With the no, tie, no, with the food, no. but why, why, esa, why, why tiene, is it? Yo, yo recuerdo mi, mis abuelos, no, me contaban. Eso tiene una tradición en el antiguamente las personas de menos recursos que tenían menos posibilidad de comprar las carnes siempre mm -hmm. han sido más caras y ya desde estamos hablando de cientos de años, no, compraban lo que se llamaba carne de, de tercera, mm -hmm. por ejemplo, que es una carne un, pedazo de carne, no es de la mejor calidad, pero se cocinaba en agua, bien, eh, cuando está bien blanda, bien suave, se rompe como ropa vieja, un papel viejo, y se prepara en salsa de tomate y otros condimentos. So there is a tradition concerning this. Okay. Okay. So, so I remember that my uh, great grandparents uh, told me about all this, okay, many years ago, or hundreds of years ago, the people who did not have very much money, they used to buy the, that is, 
um, beef, which was of a third category, more or less, it was not the highest category, and just in in order to eat this, they okay boiled, they boiled the the beef till it be, became okay soft, just to soften the beef, and then that gave when the beef was in a condition, they tear, tore, they tore the the beef. Like, and that's why like old clothes like old clothes okay was they the beef was torn into pieces into little pieces and that is what we call sí, in some places okay that was but that it was uh, out of a piece of uh, uh, beef of beef okay it became bigger so really <laughs> the people Could, they could not afford, that is poor people, they could not afford, okay, a, a beef of a high, a, that is, a beef of a high quality. So that's why it was invented in a way, appeared, right. this pulled beef, yeah. some people call that. Now, mm -hmm. now we're not going to let you off the hook because, quiero que nos diga algo del ron cubano, el ron y los puros. So you want you to tell us something about Cuban rum and cigars. Bueno, lo que yo puedo decir es que en Cuba eh, hay una tradición también con el con el ron de la caña de azúcar, ¿no? Todo in Cuba there la... is also the tradition concerning the rum, sí. which comes from the sugar cane. Mm -hmm. Igual que el, en el caso del tabaco, también una antigua tradición ya desde la época de, cuando Cristóbal Colón llegó a Cuba y a los aborígenes. There is also a long tradition, a very old tradition concerning cigars. In 1492, when Christopher Columbus came to Cuba, okay, Indian people smoked cigars. And today sí. it is a part of our culture. So after meals, so people okay, smoke, smoke cigars. And in some religious okay ceremonies, okay, people also smoke cigars. Now what about we're gonna jump here again. So what does everybody do in Havana to have fun? Like the weekend. During the week, I guess people work every day so they rest, right? Watch TV, right? Mm -hmm. What is there what do people like to do in the weekend to have fun in Havana? Bueno, eso depende de, de vamos a decir de la, del dinero que tienen las personas pero en el caso de si tienen niños eh, bueno ahora mismo con el verano hay algunas actividades que tienen que ver con, con la naturaleza el parque almendar el parque metropolitano de, de la habana es un lugar para ir con la familia so it depends on the people okay there are economic situations but for example now there, there are different places for example the metropolitan park the where people can go, parents can mm -hmm. take their children, so the whole family can go there. Now, here's the zoo, the zoo, the aquarium, okay, where the family can go. What, where is the zoo? I haven't remember seeing the zoo. Where is the zoo at? Donde está so the National, the national Zoo Pero is bonito, sí, 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 a natural, sí. um, uh, you could say, landscape, so, sí. and there is the animals out there. Los animales están, eh, sí, Free. Un área, hay, una, hay una pradera africana. Tal vez debemos ofrecer visita el año que viene al zoológico. Bueno, la, so I'm going to move on here. Do, um, um, when you think of what um, the United States, for example, mm -hmm. do, you, do you want to ask me any questions about the U.S.? Do you, do you, how do you get your knowledge of the U.S.? Recibe noticias de Estados Unidos. Pero cómo aprendes de lo que pasa en Estados Unidos, lo que está pasando. Las noticias, the news, you find out what's going on in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Through the news media, right? Mm -hmm. Periódicos, televisión. Es como reciben noticias, ¿verdad? Pero sí. son noticias de verdad o, o siempre o no, no, no sé. Bueno, eh, hoy 
eso es todavía más fácil, ¿no? Recibir noticias de cualquier parte mm -hmm. del mundo, sí, ¿no? Sí. Con la tecnología. You know, today is easier to get information from any part of the world as a result the of the technology. Yeah. Yeah. Pero tradicionalmente sí, siempre hemos tenido, ¿no? En la televisión, en, en la radio, en la prensa escrita, mm -hmm. hemos tenido siempre noticias y, y también que nos llega, somos parte también de, 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 una, de una misma región. Bueno, y, y siempre nos llega todo. Ustedes son nuestros vecinos. Exacto, eh. exacto. So traditionally we have got information through the radio, through the different mass media, radio, television, the newspaper, and besides, we also, we are part of the mm -hmm. same region, mm -hmm. so we have that information. Tenemos filme, la, todo lo que esté de televisión, las series de Estados Unidos, Juego de Tronos, por ejemplo, en Cuba es popular también. Y ahora con el teléfono aquí, depende de lo que yo quiera ver. So, so they have programs in the U.S., Game of, Game of Thrones, and a lot of sí, sí. TV programs. Sí. Um, the, um, the other thing I was going to mention is, and I've observed this summer a lot, a lot more people have smartphones. Mm -hmm. A lot more people have sí. smartphones. Mm -hmm. I was amazed at people that have smartphones. Amazing, indeed. And then a year or two ago, hardly anybody. Now a lot of people lot have of smartphones, people. and uh, which is good, as Julian indicated, because I think it gives everybody a better knowledge of, of what's going on in the world, and for us too. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we don't have to just depend on one network or two network. You know, we can. Go, you know, do searches and, you know, what's going on in Cuba, what's going on in Spain, you know, uh -huh. whatever. Uh -huh. And talking about Spain, la madre patria, always called <laughs> la madre patria, but anyway, España. So this is always found interesting. This Cuba was the last colonia, the last colony for Spain, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this was their last colony in the Western Hemisphere. Mm -hmm. And they had, they were in Cuba until 1898, right? Wasn't it 1898? Same, mm -hmm. same. A long time, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I've, I've often noticed the words, the vocabulario is very similar to Spain, España, mm -hmm. because I'm sure the education had a lot to do with it, you know, and, and probably a lot of the teachers probably originally came from Spain too, mm -hmm. you know. So, uh, but it, it was, I always found it amazing that Spain was uh, the last colony. And Spain today, from what I can tell, is very interested in Cuba and Havana still. And they come over a lot. And as we were talking the other day, there's a new hotel uh, in, uh, near downtown in, in Havana, Cuba, on the Calle Prado, right? Packard. It's called the Packard Hotel. The Packard, the Packard. And it's like the old Packard car. It used to be called Packard, uh, the nombre, the, 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 the noun. Uh, but it's a beautiful hotel, and it's uh, apparently there Spaniards are involved in the ownership from sí. España, mm -hmm. and it's very near the Embajada, right? From España's mm -hmm. near, yeah, apparently yes. right next door. Mm -hmm. Beautiful hotel, but it's good to see that Spain still is interested, you know, in, in Cuba. I, th I find that very uh, positive for Spain that they've been very faithful. You know, over the years, that to supporting Cuba, mm -hmm. and and I'm sure a lot of it is because of their involvement for hundreds of years. They were here, you know, mm -hmm. in, Havana, sí, 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 sí. in Havana. Mm -hmm. um, what about Jose Marti? Dime algo de Jose Marti. Es uno de mis poetas favoritos. extraordinary. Un escritor que no se puede describir casi sus obras. It's hard to even describe how good his, his work is. Uh, what about uh, uh, Jose Marti? Why should people go to the library, go online, they can go online, sí. and you look up Jose, J-O-S-E, and their last name is M-A-R-T-I, Jose Marti, and you can get the poems translated in English if, if, or, or French, whatever, And uh, but uh, you, the listeners should read some of his poetry, right? And he writes beautiful poetry about freedom, and, uh, and can you tell us, Julian, about Jose Marti when he was very active uh, in Cuban independence, right? From Spain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Spain. Sí. Sí, so, Jose Marti was quite an intellectual. Mm -hmm. So he was he died when he was 42 years old in 1895, mm -hmm. in 1895. But he really understood, okay, what a, um, um, 
poverty was and the situation of the country, the need of freedom for the Cuban people. And from the very beginning, he joined all this battle in order to uh, free our country. And then he wrote very much, he wrote very much. Okay, and he talked to the people very much because he was in different parts of the world, in Latin America, and he also lived in Key West, there in Tampa, in the United States, and he spoke to the people, to the yeah. cigar uh, producers, and all those things. So he yeah. really uh, fought for, for in the intellectual field hmm, in order to make people aware of the importance of freedom, independence, unity, and all these things. And that was in that was in the, what eight, around 1890, 95. Yes, 1890. Uh, yeah, when he was very years, active. Yes, yeah. Yeah. But he also fought, right? He was yes, fought. Yes, plus, yes. he wrote, but he fought too yes, as yes, well, yes. and he wrote. Um, so yes, that always interesting about Jose Marti. He was just such a great writer. What what about did you do you like him? Okay. Yeah. Sí, sí, sí. Eh, Marti fue fue un gran poeta. Sin embargo, él no pudo desarrollar eh, realmente esta esta faceta, ¿no? De su mm -hmm. de su vida. So he was a great poet, but he couldn't develop very much this okay branch okay of his life. Mm -hmm. Sí, él fue un precursor del modernismo mm -hmm. en las letras hispanas. Well, he was a pioneer of modernism mm -hmm. in Spanish okay literature. Mm -hmm. Y sus poemas, el, bueno, lo, los versos sencillos son clásicos, ¿no? Para So his no. poems are the classics, okay, those okay simple verses. Versos sencillos, simple verses which, are which classics. Which appeared in, in uh, Guantanamera. The okay, song, there, yeah, yeah. Sí, and would you sing a verse real fast for the listeners? Okay. Julian's a pretty good singer, everybody, guys. <laughs> you guys out oh, there. Who was the one that first... Joselito, Joselito. Yes, but... Escribió la... Yeah, but Pete Seeger. Pete Seeger. Pete Seeger. That American, yes. American, okay, singer. Okay, he, he introduced them. So, yo soy un hombre sincero. De donde crece la palma, yo soy un hombre sincero, de donde crece la palma, y antes de morirme quiero echar mis versos del alma. Guantanamera. Excelente, aplauso, muy bien, excelente. Es Julián tiene mucho talento de cantar, eh? So he's a really, really good singer. We always enjoy. He helps us a lot here. Um, so uh, the uh, I forgot one thing, and I can't remember what else I was going to ask everybody about Cuba. We've covered a lot, right? Oh, baseball deportes. What what about baseball? Why is Cuba? Why are the Cuban players so good? I mean, there's really been some great baseball players come out of Cuba. Is is baseball is the national sport of Cuba, right? Baseball, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, who were some of the great baseball players who came out of Cuba? Some of their names, those grandes de baseball. Mm -hmm. So we have made different. We have different people. That is, uh, the it Cuban goes way baseball back, is right? the national sports. Okay, has been for many years. For many years. So that is Conrado Marrero. Martín Digo, Oreste uh Minoso. -huh. Eh, um, so those people when that they play. That was Mini Minoso. Then they call him Mini. Eh? Mini Minoso. He ah. played in Chicago with the I, White I Sox. Know, well, I, yeah, I think. And then re recently there were a lot of the Yankees. Yeah. So there have been different, different yeah, who went so, to the United States right, and they they, right. they they played in the major leagues. Yes. Mm -hmm. They played in the major yeah. leagues. Mm -hmm. But after that, after the 1959, okay, the Cuban government also paid very close attention to baseball. Mm -hmm. So uh, they organized teams in the different provinces, first in the different regions. Mm -hmm. And as the country developed and sports developed in Cuba, so uh, there was the possibility to make a team in the different provinces. Mm -hmm. And then there was the National League, and Rala is quite a pastime for the Cuban people, so a pastime for the Cuban people, for the ordinary Cuban yeah. people. 
There's a big league in, in a Cuba. big league in mm-hmm. Cuba. Does it start in the fall? In the fall? Yes, or? in fall more or less. And in the spring. Fall. Spring, yes. Till till spring. But not in the summer because it's too hot. Yes. Mm-hmm. In yeah. summer, because you know, in summer there are some international competitions and they oh, go yes. abroad and, they and yeah. that is they yeah. travel. Mm-hmm. Now for the listeners in Cuba, in Cuba, no decent baseball, must must decent pelota, pelota. Yes. pelota. Mm-hmm. Baseball here is called pelota, and the jugador de baseball is a pelotero. Pelotero. Right? pelotero. Sí. So people say, voy a voy a jugar pelota. Children, okay, teenagers, they say, voy a jugar pelota. Uh-huh. Voy a ver la pelota, un juego de pelota. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the um, other interesting, I ran into a, a fellow the other day where I was staying at here in Cuba, and he was from the United States, and he worked uh, with sports, deportes. Mm-hmm. And he comes to Cuba often, and he sets up games for women's teams in the United States mm-hmm. with women's teams in Cuba mm-hmm. sí. from the university level. Sí. And then sometimes he get I think gets involved in the men. Uh, you know the the men as, uh, sometimes and maybe he tries to see if they're able to play in the the NBA and you know mm-hmm. if they're really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, but he was really interesting, telling me all about that, what he does. You know, it was quite an interesting job. Mm-hmm. And he lives in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And uh, wow. yeah, up in Wisconsin. And just really interesting. He just had nice tales to talk about mm-hmm. and how he loves coming to Cuba and talking about sports because it's such a great sports country here. And Cuba also has a lot of they're good volleyball players here in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Volleyball, yes, yes. basketball, basketball, uh, uh-huh. handball, and and, and what else? What is the other one? There's a, a boxing, boxeo, boxing, lucha, lucha libre, wrestling, wrestling, boxing. Yeah, there's a lot of players, outstanding. Yes, yes. Boxing is really big, uh, big. one of their favorites. Yes, and we have a one in many competitions. I always remember when I was a kid, there was a Cuban boxer, his name was Kid Gavilan. Kid Gavilan, Kid Chocolate. Kid, yeah. The world Gavilan, champion. He was a great boxer. He was a phenomenal boxer. And, uh, well, listen, I think we have about made it to the end of our show. Do you guys have anything you want to ask me about the U.S.? Uh, yes. Oh, oh Maritza, okay. But, uh, me gustaría saber en bueno tu proyecto Tom que ya es un proyecto que ha venido varias veces a nuestro país qué es lo que te motiva a venir a Cuba con este proyecto académico bueno, que, es que decidimos venir por la razón de, de, bueno, más que nada es que es algo nuevo, un país desconocido para nosotros. Hasta que Obama, ya cuando Obama él estuvo en Cuba, ya empezamos a estudiar más Cuba y tuvimos la oportunidad de venir. Antes es que no pude venir a Cuba. Siempre he tenido deseo de venir a Cuba y ¿eh? siempre me ha encantado porque soy fanático para el béisbol. ¿eh? Soy aficionado, jugaba mucho béisbol en la universidad y me interesó todo eso del deporte también. Y de José Martí, y un gran escritor y todas las cosas de Cuba, la, la comida, el baile, la música, que no hablamos mucho hoy en el programa de eso. Vamos a hablar un momento. Uh, pero eso es la razón, ¿eh? Para, para aprender algo y en vivo, en vivo, ¿eh? Mm-hmm. No por películas, no por videos, sino que estar aquí, ¿eh? Y por eso decidí poner un programa para los profes y también para mí, me ayudó mucho. Y, pero pueden ustedes imaginar, yo había no sé cuántos años, ya llevo muchos años dando clases en español, pero había pasado como casi 50 años dando clases de español y nunca pude visitar Cuba por todos esos años. Y fui a México, fui a Colombia, Panamá, Puerto Rico, España 
y, y muchos sitios, pero aquí no pude venir. Qué, qué absurdo, ¿verdad? Pero así fue por tantos años. ¿eh? Por fin, cuando Obama llegó, Barack llegó aquí, yo estaba ya muy contento, voy a visitar Cuba, empezamos el programa. Hemos tenido mucho éxito, ¿verdad? Ya cuatro años seguidos con nuestro programa Aventura Cultural en La Habana. Mucha gente en Estados Unidos quiere aprender algo de, mucho de Cuba porque nunca tuvimos la oportunidad por años y años. Y ustedes son como nuestros vecinos. 90 millas de Miami. Es, para mí era cosa absurda, ¿verdad? no tener contacto, no abrir caminos ¿verdad? con Cuba. Y todavía creo que debemos abrir más caminos a, con Cuba. Es, tenemos que hacerlo. ¿eh? Es, es, y va a pasar. ¿eh? Va a ser una evolución, pero va a pasar. Y, y creo que somos seres humanos. Ustedes también somos amigos. <ríe> amigos, amigos. ¿eh? No, geográficamente somos amigos y vivimos en el mismo continente y todo eso. ¿Y por qué no tener contacto y, y eliminar el bloqueo? Creo también. Y, y pensar en algo en el futuro, desarrollar muchas comunicaciones entre los dos países y abrir caminos, como, como dije, que es muy importante. ¿eh? Y, y sobre todo la juventud en, en, en Cuba también me impresiona mucho los jóvenes su interés en educación, en las artes también, y la pintura, también la música, el baile, la literatura, todo eso, ¿verdad? Y la tecnología. Y la, no, los jóvenes de Cuba me han pensado, son inteligentes, son bastante serios también, y quieren aprender de nosotros también. Y creo que debemos ser positivos. Es la idea de de esta positividad, ¿eh? para ser, siempre ser positivos, ¿verdad? Con estos dos países ¿eh? y, y abrir caminos. Y es lo que espero, ¿eh? y, y creo que va a pasar bastante pronto. ¿eh? Sí. ¿Puedes decírmelo ahora en, en inglés? Primero te presentas en, ¿En inglés. Sí, sí, para mis colegas de, uh -huh. de inglés. Um, so, Maritza asked me why I, I came to the uh, Uh, and to, wanted to bring a program here to Cuba. And uh, when uh, Barack Obama opened up Cuba, uh, thank goodness, so we could come. And uh, I spent uh, almost, I suppose, 40 years or more teaching Spanish. I could never come here. I could go to Spain, I could go to Colombia, I could go to Peru, I could go to Puerto Rico, Panama, uh, Costa Rica, and all these places, but I could never come to Cuba. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to come. And I think it's proven now. This is our fourth consecutive year with our Aventura program here in, in Havana, Havana, Cuba, that there's a huge interest on the part of American and Spanish teachers in learning about Cuba and the culture and the language. And uh, we've been able to do that. And I hope it continues uh, that we open uh, these roads, Abrir uh, Caminos, to open roads between the two cultures that, that uh, you guys can visit us and we can visit you. As I mentioned yesterday, we visited the high school yesterday uh, and I suggested to, to the teachers some of them, that perhaps we could abrir caminos and have some exchanges of teachers. And I think this, this is how things are going to change. I really believe this, that through young people, there will be change on our side of the court and on the side here in Cuba. And I think the young people will change life as we know it between the two countries for the good. And I think we're going to start appreciating each other and the cultures that we have and how to share and not be yelling at each other. And uh, it's those are politicians that do this. Those are not the Cuban people and it's not our people. You know, our people are good people and your people are good people. And I think the politicians need to, to listen to the people in our country and, and here both. And uh, sometimes I think politicians, we, we behave, they behave like little kids, you know? I mean, it's time for everybody to grow up and share, you know? We, both countries have great cultures and, you know, and to be friends. I mean, it's 90 miles from, from Havana, Cuba to, uh, to Miami, 90 miles. It is close to, in, from where I live in Indianapolis, Indiana, Air, air travel time is about um, two hours and 45 minutes. 
right? In three hours. It's very close. So all we're, we're talking about friends here. We're not talking about being enemies. Now, I understand what happened a long time ago. The United States got upset, and I remember the days about the, the missile crisis. That was 60 years ago, and things have changed tremendously in 60 years. And so I think it's time now that we evolve and have start having exchanges with teachers and students, especially the young people, and uh, and move things along here. And, and, and I think we, our country needs the help a lot in Cuba because uh, you are our neighbor, you know, you live near us. And uh, uh, if we can go help China, communist China, we can go help uh, North Korea, we certainly can help uh, Cuba. So I think it was going to change, yes. And I hope sooner than later, very soon, and uh, that um, things can really grow quickly. So I think I, that's all. Did I cover everything? Uh, and I, I didn't mention baseball. I love baseball, and that was another reason I wanted to come to Cuba, because they have these great baseball players, and I followed a lot of them over the years, and uh, that went into the big leagues, and uh, and I love baseball, and uh, that's another reason I wanted to come here, plus the literature and the arts, and Cuba and people's great interest in all those things. So, uh, and that's, I think, why we've been successful. I mean, Cuba has a lot to offer people, and the teachers like coming here. And, uh, and the people like coming here, and the, the American citizens like visiting here. So I think, yes, and it's a fun country. Music and dance, which I'm going to ask. Yeah, can I back up now? Can I go back to my show, too? I mean, we're tape. I'm still taping. And this, you got a show, too, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be on your show? No. Uh, yes, your show. It, 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 my show. But, no, but, no, you're not going to grab it. No. No, no. But I, I'm going to say, you have, Maritza has a show, right? A, mm-hmm. a, a, a radio show. Yeah. So she's taping part of our show, which is, right? Nice. That's very kind. Thank you. And But I have to talk at the end about, about music and dance, right? Uh, that's another reason I came here, because I always love music, especially the salsa music. Uh, and the great uh, singers who came from Cuba, the band leaders, and over the years, and now the groups like Gente de Zona, which is an incredible group uh, uh, that the young people like, and I love to hear them too. They're really beautiful, good singing, and great stuff. But what about, can you tell us about music real fast? You could say that Cuba is, music is something very important for the Cuban culture, for the Cuba, for the Cuban people. You know, we say Cuban people like dancing very much, and music closely associated and related to to uh, to dancing as such. Well, we have had different rhythms. We have rhythms. We have song. So we have song. We have pilon. We have Mozambique. We have uh, lately we have also reggaeton and mm-hmm. all the things we have. So Cuban people like music very much, and the Cuban government has trained, has prepared a lot of musicians which are in different parts of the world, in different parts of the world, outstanding musicians and famous musicians who play that is pianist, violinist, and mm-hmm. who play that is classic music and jazz, people who play jazz. And we have many composers. We also have, for example, that movement of uh, trovadors, mm-hmm. Movimiento mm-hmm. de la Nueva Trova, so outstanding mm-hmm. people who uh, compose okay very good songs okay very good songs so really music is everywhere in cuba mm-hmm. everywhere it in is, cuba if you is. visit the country you will find different bands and yes. different groups okay playing cuban music and cuban musicians are in different parts mm-hmm. of the world okay so the same as our dancing groups mm-hmm. so we have outstanding dancing groups like the national ballet the national ballet okay that is that a uh, that modern uh, uh, ballet also people who dance modern uh, music mm-hmm. we say danza contemporanea de cuba the cool mm-hmm. Cuba. We also have Lisa Alfonso, mm-hmm. which is an outstanding uh, dancing dancing group. Mm-hmm. The the uh, the Cuban folkloric uh, group. So we have different. Yes. Really, yes. music and dancing is top priority. Top, top priority. priority. Yes. Top priority. If you uh, come to Cuba 
and yes. you don't enjoy music and dancing, you haven't come yeah. to Cuba. And, and one of the other great things about coming to Cuba is if you come to Cuba, you're going to find some of the best, nicest people in the world. And uh, they're beautiful people here in Cuba. And uh, hopefully everybody listening can come someday and make a visit and make some great friends because uh, uh, they're here and uh, all we got to do is visit. So let's keep the positivity going and let's keep uh, the Cuba going and open for a lot of people. So anyway, that I'm going to end that show on that. And thank you so much. And you guys are going to hear another show tomorrow. <laughs> We're going to have a show tomorrow, and uh, we're going to have Julia Maritza on again tomorrow. But then you get, tomorrow you get to hear what the teachers say about Cuba. Okay. The prophets from the United States who are here will tell you their opinions about Havana, Cuba, and Cuba. Okay, everybody have a great day. We will catch up with you. we got a show coming up tomorrow. And then uh, after that, the next show after that will be live from Madrid in España. So it's going to be a lot of fun stuff coming up. So. Everybody have a great day. Hasta pronto, nos vemos, and uh, we'll catch up. Okay, bye.